Welcome to the Ghostman Radio Station. And today I am talking to Anne Rescio, who was born in a small town in Indiana. You've probably never heard of. She composed short stories and comic books as a child to amuse her family, began writing poetry at the age of 13. In 1998, she received an honorary mention for literary eloquence for her poem. She didn't come home. She attended business school and made the dean's list for three consecutive years, putting her love for writing on the back burner. It wasn't until the mid-twenties that political posts and social networking rekindled her literary frame and has since become a bonfire. In 2013, a novella, When the Chips Are Down, was named a finalist in the MAR Social Author of the Year contest. When she's not writing, thinking about writing, or going insane from writing. She enjoys camping, fishing, swimming, and avoids spending time with her loved ones. She's a mother to three extremely small cats. Crazy cat lady, probably. And how are you, how are you today? I'm alright, are you? I'm fine, thank you. Now, what inspired you to write your book? I saw. I read a little um, chapter for my book podcast, and I liked the um, premises of the story. Thank you. Well, that's the main bit of all authors, really. If you like me, I, I like writing. I I hope that somebody actually likes what I've written. I know the bit where you got the first bit of chapter one, you got, chapter one, what the hell happened to me? That was the first thing that came to Brooklyn's mind when she awoke in the, t- the little blue BMW to find it smashed in a tree. The engine was still running and the wipers were on, but the hood was crunched up like an accordion. Her head was throbbing, her chest ached with every breath she took. And then you sort of like develop your character from there onwards and then we... I like later on, we won't spoil it too much, but later on, is the, she's waking up from a coma. Two years have disappeared of her life. And things have changed a little bit for the worst, I would say. Yeah, I kind of like to start off my stories with a bang. When you wrote the story, did you think that some of the, the what you was writing would actually be coming true. Oh yeah, absolutely. When I wrote When the Chips Are Down, I, um, I've seen videos where actually there are people that have voluntarily had uh, microchips implanted in their bodies and they can use it to purchase things and they, you know, they can basically track their own homing device and I'm thinking, how could that possibly be 
so many ways to get that to go wrong. I, I, I find it amazing that people now put, deliberately put chips in their bodies so they could open doors and things like that. Oh, I know it's disturbing. I know, I've heard of the military, you know, putting chips in soldiers. I mean, I'm sure that wasn't voluntary in their, on their part, but yeah, it's disturbing. There's no telling, you know, what that could do when it's in your body. And uh, do you... Do you find that that um, by writing these people have become more aware of what you was trying to tell them? I would hope so. That is my hope that you know when I write about the things that I do, that people will become more cognizant of their surroundings and not to just accept something that the government's telling you and that they're not always going to have your best interest in mind. So yeah, that is kind of my hope. And I, I, I think when you, it's like lots of things. When people look back at things, other books that are written, and, and they say like Frankenstein, and people say, "Oh, that would never happen," but it's happened already. We, we're doing heart plant transplants. We're doing. I mean, I think there was. I read somewhere they was thinking of doing a whole head transplant. Did you find that, that obviously there's a, a big gap between when you wrote your first book? Are you in the process of writing other books? I am. I am writing a prequel to Arid currently. It's called Parch, The Days Before Exile. And it just depicts some of my main characters' lives before they were sent to the wastelands and what led up to that. Yeah, and uh, do, are you, how are you finding the process of writing? Uh, the process right now, I'm in my uh, heavy edit stage and agonize over whether or not it's good enough and needing a cocktail every now and then. Uh, I, and do you prefer to write so much a day, like when you, you were inspired to write... Or do you set yourself like a goal? Do you say, oh, I must write 500 words today? I usually don't. I mean, some days I can just bang out 1,500 words like it's nothing, and some days I will struggle to, to write 500. You know, I mean, it's like I think everybody has their good days and their bad days. And when I get stuck, sometimes I go jogging because it helps me to come up with ideas and just kind of get out of a rut if I'm moving as opposed to being stationary. Do you find it was easier, did you self-publish or did you go the, the, the normal publishing route? Um, with When the Chips Are Down, I self-published that one and my latest book, Eric, was traditionally published, so I'm both. Which did you prefer? Um, that is a really good question. Um, honestly, if you have the budget, um, I would say I would probably say self-publish because you're not limited by certain. You know, there's certain things you can't do when you're in a contract with the publisher 
because that would breach your contract. Um, you, you don't have to be as exclusive on certain sites. So, yeah, I mean, a publisher helps you a lot. You know, they, uh, you get access to you know, resources like their professional editors and things like that. But, I mean, yeah, if you have a good-sized budget, I always studied with um, Smashwords, but I've now been, I am able to put books or Kindle books at least on Amazon, only because Amazon is more well known. Right. Do you find that that it, it's better to go to a more established? Um, like Amazon or Barnes and Noble, because obviously they were more better known than some of the others. Yes, I think Amazon for ebooks, yeah, they're. I mean, they make up like seventy-four percent of the ebook market. So um, I really think if that's where your main sales are coming from, that Amazon's going to be the most beneficial for you. Um, and if you're doing an audio book, they're pretty much dominating that market too. But iTunes is like second or third. They're pretty close behind them. Um, so, yeah, definitely want to get your feet in the water with Amazon. Have you done an audio book version? I have not, but I will be. That is actually my uh, goal for 2020. I will be very soon making Aaron into an audio well, I think it's always worthwhile because I've always done all my books I've ever done. I do my own video book version of myself by myself and put it on my podcast because then obviously it's a free service. But I first find it easier than if people want to listen to it, they can, you know. Oh, yeah, and it's great, especially when you've got people with visual impairments. I mean, that's a whole new market of people that can't consume books like everyone so that's giving them the ability to be able to experience books. Well, I, I, when I, my first book I wrote, which is called, it got a very strange title, Cartoon Occult Martial Arts, which basically is about martial arts, obviously. And um, I had co-wrote it with a, an author called S. Rob. And I, I, I did the cartoons for it and did writing for it as well. I found the process quite illuminating because it it, it it made me disciplined it made me realize how disciplined you have to be i want to imagine i've never co-written with someone before but yeah i'm sure that's a whole new take on it because it's not just you know. well i wanted to get a book out there and i didn't know how to do it first off so he was kind enough to let me do it because i've helped him out a lot so that was fine you know i didn't i, I i'm i'm not i'm one of these people I think I'm never going to be rich doing my books, but as long as somebody appreciates them, I'm quite happy. That's a good way to look at it. I mean, obviously, we'd all like to be rich, obviously. I mean, I mean at the end of the day, we would like to be J.K. Rowling's, you know, rolling in it, but the chances of that happening are going to be pretty slim, don't they? Right. Have you ever wondered about writing about... Um, the adventures of your cats. <laughs> um, maybe. I'm definitely open to new genres. I wouldn't necessarily write just science fiction my whole life, but 
Because I, I, I read a, a little story about our dog um, called Angel Dog because she has um, two round spots on, her, on top of her head that look like they were horns. So I took off the horn. They, they, she was born with the horns. And I said that God came along and took the horns off and made her an angel dog instead. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> she, she was a stray. Nobody wanted her. And she was just, she's like the sweetest cat I've ever known. So I say she's a beautiful cat. I think animals are very good inspiration for stories sometimes. I, I, I mean, I, I've been inspired by lots of different weed things. I wrote a, a, a like a, a semi-story about, I've got a clock. That the um, sounds the sound of um, the flying Scotsman. So I did a story about someone waiting on in the station for the train to go round, and waiting, waiting, but no, never going anywhere. So that that is the sort of thing I like to be inspired by. What what other things have you done besides writing? Is that those big fish? Big fish? Um, catfish. I've caught some decent sized catfish. And um, oh, this past spring, I caught a lot of turtles. If the fish weren't biting, I was catching turtles. I caught a snapping turtle once. Mm. And they are so smart. They, I, when I yeah. was putting him down to figure out how to unhook him, he flipped himself over and just jumped right back in the water. They even rotate and go to learn how to do karate, you know, as well. Sorry, I couldn't resist that. It's, I apologise for that. I couldn't resist. It's my English humour, sorry. Um, now, uh, where can people find your book? My book is on Amazon. Um, Arid is, um, when the chips are down, it's just available in an e-book, but um, Arid is available currently in e-book and print. Um, Aaron is written under the name Ann Joyce, so yeah, it is uh, definitely available on Amazon, and um, sometime this year it will be available on audio on Audible as an audiobook. Well, I think it's worth you doing it because it's a good market to get into if you can get your oh, book uh, on it, it. It's worth it. I mean, I just say I don't need it my own because it's my own book, so. There's no copyright issue because it's my own book. <laughs> yeah, anyone wants to complain, it can only complain to me. You know, it's my book. I put it out there. If you don't like it, tough. <laughs> yeah. But um, as I say, I did a the chapter, a bit of chapter one from your book on my podcast. So I hope you didn't mind that. But I, I, I did it. I would like to do it for every author I do. Because then it like promotes your book a bit, within people go, oh, I might go out and buy that. Yeah, 
But obviously, when I when I speak the book, obviously, if it's Americanisms, they don't sound the same in, a, in an English accent as they do with the American accent. I had to do a book. I did a book once. And it was full of slang American words, and it didn't. It just sounded really, really odd. You know, the person listening there said, "This isn't how it sounds." I thought, "Well, it wouldn't because of, a, I'm not American, and b, it's in an English accent, in an English Essex come Devon accent, so it wouldn't sound the same at all, would it?" Oh no, I think you guys sound cool. I don't think. Uh... Now, if your book was made into a series or a uh, for like Netflix or film, would you a prefer it to be kept as near as the book as possible? Obviously, because you know, a filming they have more restricted to what they can show and what they can't show. Or would you mind as long as they got the essence of the book, you wouldn't mind too much. Yeah, I, I think, that, yeah, because a lot of people who had their books done, Stephen King, for example, moaned about, oh, how the, he, he, the, the way he saw the book, the way the director saw the book was completely different. But then I, I thought, well, obviously the book the book is like, like like 300 pages long plus. You can't put that all in a movie because you've got to condense it down to two hours. You know? Yeah, I did. I did. You watch the recent show, um, retelling of it? I haven't. I did see uh, in the tall grass. That was a really interesting movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do appreciate what some people do. Have you um, written for magazines or anything like that? Now, um, you said and mentioned earlier that you did poetry. Now, have you got a poem that you can get to hand? Um, I do. I, um, I think I have my poetry bindings. <laughs> Sorry, I put you on the spot there, but... Yep. Okay. I've got one in my phone already from... It's called Skeletons. You sit there proud and mighty, judging me from your throne. 
telling all my secrets while forgetting all of your own. You twirl around and wear that crown, it shines so beautifully, polished by a veil of righteous purity. You no longer need my loyalty when you view yourself as royalty. Your star glows brightest of us all, a phony painting of morality, illuminating everything I'm not and never hope to be. But I'll sit here like the silent jester. I won't let the truth be known. I won't tarnish your snow-white reputation. One day you'll do that on your own. Cool. I like that. I, 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 I like poetry. I think a lot of songs are like poems. If you read them, if you read them as a, uh, read them instead of singing them, you look at the lyrics, and sometimes, like um, you can read them as a poem. Imagine's quite good for that. You know, imagine there's no heaven. Da da da. If you read it properly, you can almost do it like a poem. I should do it. I should do that version for you, and then I'll send it to you and see what you think. Okay. Uh, let's see. I think we can't think of what else we can do. I think I've covered most of the things that you do. Check my little dungeon book. Check anything else that you. Yeah, I've only got I can find it only find the one book on Amazon, but hey, that's such is life. I'll look for the other one later on. And obviously I'm on Amazon. But I I'm gonna say under my na name Mark Anthony Reigns. The Mark Anthony bit I but I'll tell you I'll tell you a story about that. When I was at school I had to play uh, Mark Anthony and I was asked if to kiss a girl. I didn't. I ran off and ran out of school, and didn't want to come back. <laughs> so for years, I never used my second name, but I do now. But <laughs> for years, I'm like, I'm not using that name. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> so um, you've got your book in the future. You've told me everything you do. So what we can do is right. I normally like to do a unique sign-off for the show. So what would your unique sign-off be? Oh, good question. I'm not sure. <laughs> it could be anything you like. It could be like, go out and buy my book, a poem, a song, juggling, the cats saying goodbye, I don't know, whatever you like, you know. Here's my unique sign-off for you. I talked to a very strange lady who likes to talk about cats. I'm sure she's Michael Tripton, but I don't think they're at that. I'm sure they're no nightmare.
to me they're not at all. But if my dog saw them, she'd bark and cry and probably run away. Because she's not that brave, you see. So check out the books on Amazon. You'll find them under the name we talked about earlier, you see. So listen, listen and read. And look out for this book, which we always give a five-star recommendation. And we like to say thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me.